y'all. Welcome to Strum and Pick. I'm Kristen Gathright. I'm Shelby Ballinger. And today we are here with Aubrey Lynn, and she is going to uh, to tell us a little bit about herself. We're going to pick her brain. She's going to strum our way into uh, y'all's hearts. Aubrey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm real good. It's good to get out of the house and actually see some faces that aren't about three foot tall. (laughs) (laughs) We've been stuck in the house with the kids, so it's good to see you guys. It's been a long time since I've seen my sister over here. I know. I miss you. (laughs) How have you been? How is, we've been talking to everybody about COVID and I know you've been doing some like live shows and how's that been going? Well, we've been we finished well we finished building a house in february this year right before everything shut down thank goodness because i didn't want that to delay any further than it already had but fortunately because of the shutdown we had the studio built into the house and we were ready to go so everybody starts getting on live and we're like we got a studio now so So everybody uh was real cool and we had you know justin till would come over to the house and dustin set up our studio and and we just we were kind of in i guess at first it was like okay that's what we're doing everybody's doing this and then we were like is this all we're gonna do like yeah you miss people you miss just it it doesn't matter if there's one or you know how it is if there's one or a thousand it it, it's hard to play off of a camera right you know it's hard not to just at least have somebody looking you in the eye singing to them explaining your song or just having a good time with them and and i missed that and he was he's been kind of proud of me because i don't come from an acting background or anything like that through school but he had and so he's like i saw you kind of playing the camera a little bit kind of working it i'm like i'm trying babe (laughs) dustin hendrix is here with us as well he's an amazing musician and now uh owns his own i mean you've had your own studio but now it's now it's right from your house that's so cool that's amazing yeah we've been working on um getting war room at home for a long time we've had it in a couple of rent houses that we've stayed at and he's had it I think he's been doing on on his own at War Room Studios for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. He's been doing record producing and engineering and he's got all the fancy degrees and he, you know, everybody <laughs> calls him the sound man, but he's way more than that. And people have no idea sometimes, but his, uh, his studio now is something that I'm so proud of with being able to afford it, first of all, yeah. and build it into the house. But just the way that I've, I've seen him really just set it up and make it his own place that he's wanted for so long. So it's, you guys got to come out and see it sometime. Oh, I'd love to. And I was just thinking how like awesome is it to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and you can just like run into the studio and <laughs> yeah. plug it in and get it out. And and, we, and we've been able to do that for about four or five years now. We've been able to do that for sure. And we're always working in our, our pajamas as we joke about it but it's like a legit thing (laughs) but um now it's it's something that we're like okay we don't have the whole snake running across the kitchen (laughs) to get through the dining room to go to the master that nobody's using as a master because that's the control room now it's like it's a separate part of the house most people that come over and see the house they don't even know it's there and i'm like that is so cool because we're not tripping over everything to get to it so it's it's a it's always been nice to be able to do that in the middle of the night but now it's like i can go in the middle of the night and nobody even knows i'm doing it because it's all it's just so secluded and it's its own thing so it's great it's really fun we enjoy it a lot i think my favorite thing about you is your crazy variety of genres you i mean you have southern rock classic country like soul and blues like this girl has the craziest bluesy 
tone to all of her stuff. <laughs> she's she's so good. But um, with your chameleon record, which you're recording from home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what it is, right? It's like a different genre of every on every. Yeah, CD. I did um, my. I mean, I've been in Nashville. I did. I cut a record up there, an EP, I guess, and that it was kind of just like the culmination of songs that everybody kind of liked that I had at the time, and I liked them, but I was still kind of getting my my feet underneath me as being a songwriter. So I cut those five in country. That's how we did them, you know. And then I did a record a few years later in Dallas and. I think it was kind of the same thing. It was just a longer record. And so I was like, these are my fan favorites. Let's cut those. And I was still over here writing more and more and more. And the the Raisin Hell record that I did in 2011, to me, it felt like, yeah, some country songs had some ballads. We had some kind of rock things. We had some blues tunes, but they were all just kind of smashed together. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, what, what's your sound? How many times do you hear that? Girl? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every oh, time. God. I sound like me. That's yeah. a, that's a, I mean, <laughs> and that's, a, that's, that's such a lame answer. But it, it's also just I started to realize that it comes through being able to market yourself in such a way that everybody who doesn't listen to everything can kind of go, oh, that I like that or I don't like that or or I understand what you're trying to say through that vibe of mm-hmm. music. And I started to realize that not my, my record was kind of a hodgepodge to me. Everybody else like, no, it's, it still sounds like you. And I'm like, OK, y'all come to my shows. You know what it sounds like. I get it. But it, it was more like a set list. It, and I and those are fun. But I didn't know if that was really how I wanted to present myself. So I started looking at the different ways that I was writing stuff. And they just, they turn out however they turn out whenever you're writing a song. If it feels like it should be rocked up, that's what comes out whenever we get in the studio. I'll have an idea for something to sound a certain way. He's got a totally different one. And then it kind of will mesh together. And and I love that creation of of really just blending. And just seeing where the song actually feels like it should go just feeling it out like literally feeling it out as we're in there scratching it or producing it or trying to figure out where all the kinks are and, and right. smoothing it out and a lot of that still happens on the stage right. you know we'll go out to play acoustic shows and maybe i messed up on that song somewhere and he's like you played this one chord he felt like you messed it up but it was really cool let's put that in the progression oh, that's cool so, that's cool yeah i started to realize that if I could put them together as far as the ones that sounded similar and then put them out as the EPs, that was kind of my first idea with it, put out EPs in genres. Because my first record, uh, Lucky Boyd with the Texas Music Association, he said that I had a chameleon-like use of my voice and it would stand up in any genre. And that's just, it just always resonated with me. I said, that's really cool because that's how I felt about it. I listened eclectically, I wrote eclectically, and I was like, okay, but just throwing out everything into one little box doesn't really gravitate toward the listener in in the way that they're used to listening to or going and finding music. Right. Versus having a style for each EP. Yeah. Rather than like a, a and hodgepodge. I, and I also didn't want to, I didn't want to box myself into having to be a country artist or having to go into crossover things or pop or, you know, anything that 
that you you see other artists nationally or globally, you see them struggle with that movement from one to the other. I didn't want to do that. Not that I ever <laughs> could compare myself to Taylor Swift and her successes, you know, that she's got to that level, but she was doing it from the get-go. And right. I was like, how is she marketing that, though? How is that working for her? And, and, and all of us have different platforms. So her platform just said, I support that. Let's go with that. Let's get where we can on this side of it. And then she was ready to go. Jump to whichever. She, I've, I watched her Dallas concert, the one that's on Netflix. We're obsessed with Taylor Swift, Oh, yeah. Too, we, so. <laughs> we are definitely T-Swizzle fans. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I watched her Dallas concert on Netflix and I went, this dang, like everything she did. And the diversity she had in her audience, they knew every word to everything. Right. Didn't, it didn't matter how she presented it. Yeah. It did not matter. They were in love with the songs. And I, and I just, I, I, I said, that's what I'm trying to accomplish right there is just somebody to actually be in love with what the song is saying. Presentation shouldn't matter if the song is hitting you right there. And so Chameleon just started at first. I, I, I talked to Dustin about it and it was right when we were... Actually, we were filming the Whiskey and You video, the official video we did. We were in Bowie. And it's such um, a cool version. If you haven't heard Whiskey and You by Aubrey Lynn and who, who else? Did Sean Franks was Sean on that, but it was yeah. chapter 11. It was chapter 11 in his hole. <laughs> it was him. It was oh, his, oh, his okay. home. Yeah. Um, Sean was singing the vocal on that. Yeah, but the chapter 11, that's a whole other a whole other can of worms we need to get into, <laughs> and like y'all should y'all should find that. I used to I used to tell radio when we were touring that song that it is like, and it, it it's kind of what my chameleon project is. It was an eclectic group of musicians that all collaborated for the sake of the song. And that's what they were doing with Chapter 11. They were songs he had written in his whole Awakening album. And he had Sean singing on them. He was doing the vocals. Well, this cover was thrown in there. I didn't know what it was. And then that whole thing took off and they asked me to come in. And then it grew in the studio. It wasn't supposed to be a duet. It turned into a feature. And like I was just going to go in and do harmonies or some stuff. And and that's just the beauty of the whole creative process. I just love that. Like we took our time with it and it found its its home. But we were doing the video for that song. And I said, I got this idea for a chameleon project that I want to do for a follow-up to my first full record. And I explained it all to him. And he was like... We can definitely do that, you know, and I'm not sure, you know, babe, I'm not sure if at the time that I even explained it the way that I have so many <laughs> things in my head. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, you, you see it. You're here with me. I'm to take this out of here, you know, and I'll talk like I just say so much about it. And I feel like I'm just kind of blurting things out. But I guess the whole concept I wanted to grasp was that everything sounded different if you put them song 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 chronologically the way yeah. they were written or however they came out in my notebook mm-hmm. but i knew they had a home and whether it was by genre or this the type of songs that they were like the one we just finished and released it's a compilation of love songs mm-hmm. they're not necessarily like all in one genre of music as right. far as the sound, but they were all love songs that we had written or I'd written or he had written, and they all had a home there. The first one that I did, 
it was more a traditional country vibe. Mm-hmm. The second one, it's a Guthrie Kennard narrates on the on the second one, and he called it a rock opera. So I mean, it it turned out to be a concept record. I didn't know that's what we were doing at the time. Yeah. I just had some rock songs, and we laid them all out, and we went. There's a storyline here. You know, we just track listed one day, and I went. I think on accident, this was a story, and we had. Guthrie come in and he did narration in between to transition song to song. That is so cool. And it, it was just, such, it was such a neat, it was such a neat way to, to present, you know, what I had written. And these songs were not brand new. There was one or two that were written along the way, but they were songs I'd written maybe five years prior to the actually going in the studio, but then they found their spot. And so I just thought that was like the coolest way to present that, that, we released that record and then all my country people are going, what the heck is this rock stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but it's this cool. Stuff. It's cool because it's like, you know, I mean, I personally haven't heard of anyone doing anything like that. You know, you, you it kind of makes you stand out a little bit. You know, what are you mm. doing different that other people are doing? And I don't I don't feel like anyone does anything like that. I just I think what my biggest thing was, is that I knew it was I knew there was just so much of everything and every sound. I didn't know how to present it without it just being like, here's my little greatest hits, you know, mix up (laughs) mixtape of whatever. But that everything just kind of have an album to go to. Like, I miss that listening to an album. Growing up, we weren't we're as as Taylor Swifty as all of us can get. (laughs) Me and him are Garth nerds. Yeah. So all right. we go, we, like, we're going to see his, his, his Saturday. He's got his uh, drive-in movie theater. Oh, I heard about that. Live thing. So his birthday's at the end of the month. And, and we're going to go? Yeah, we're oh, going that's Saturday. So cool. That's going to so, be so fun. I'm so excited to see something like that because that's different too. That's, that's doing what we've been doing live on digital platforms. Yeah. But to a live audience, like he's, yeah. it's like watching a show in a movie setting, but we're all in our cars and stuff. Right. I don't even know how crazy it's going to be, but I can only imagine because his concerts going to them in person are insane. So I've I always mean, heard that. I've never seen him live, but I can only imagine. And of course, Garth Brooks of all people would come up with this concept. Oh, of you course. know what I mean? Like, of course it would be <laughs> yeah. him. And I've already seen like the copycats. Like there's, there's other artists that have said, Oh, Garth's doing this. Let's do one too. You know, right. let's take it out of Facebook live and put it in a theater <laughs> so we can charge ticket money. Yeah. <laughs> they figured it out. Mm-hmm. But they did. Like Garth, Garth was, and, and is, an album maker, an album musician. And I think we just kind of lose that so much in the digital era of everything we do because everybody's singles. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. We all have to, you know, we have to morph into that phase of this whole world, this whole right. crazy world. But Garth still, even today, even when he's singling, it's still... He's doing it the way we should do it when we go radio tour a single. But you have an album that pushes behind yeah. that. You've got follow-ups to it on a record. Right. So I think just finding a way to take all of my crazy 
you know, soul, country, gospel, you know, <laughs> acoustic, you know, full on production, yeah. like just every little way that they were recorded and finding a home for them made me go, you know, I used to stand in my bedroom like all of us girls did with a hairbrush <laughs> and a stereo cranked up. And I sang every Reba song you could think of. I sang every Garth song I could find and Faith Hill and Martina McBride. And I mean, all the, all the George Straits. And I mean, everything that we grew up with in the 90s and I don't, I don't hear that anymore. And so I, at least in, in my small way, wanted to find like my little corner and my niche of how to take what I do and bring that whole album concept back to listening all the way through. Yeah. You know, cause I, I miss cool. that. And so the chameleon thing, it's starting to finally, like once you have, when you had one and you talk about it, everybody's like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. And then you <laughs> do another lot. one. And the, and the second one that we happened to do didn't really follow the first one the way I, I wanted it to. Country to rock. It was just such a, a hard line. Yeah. But now that I have three that are released, I'll listen to the first one all the way through. I'll listen to the next one right behind that one and the next one right behind that one. And I'm starting to see the flow. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, well, it's time that we get done with this because he doesn't think we're ever going to get done with it. Because <laughs> I keep going, what about this color, babe? Let's do another color in a new genre. Let's, let's, how about this idea? And he's like, can we just do five or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> so what do you have out right now that people can listen to? Which three are out? So the first one is Chameleon Dressed in White. And that's a traditional country um, first release off of this whole idea. And the second one is Chameleon Black Hole. And that's the rock opera concept one. And the third one that we just released, it just came out at the end of April and early May. And I don't know why. And maybe it's because of the lockdown, and the pandemic and all the things. I don't know. But it took it took getting it off onto the digital platform so much longer. Right. Like, I think a couple I've of weeks. That. And I, I was sitting there like April 24th is when I was trying to get it out. I don't think it came out until right before May hit. So that one's called Chameleon. My face turns red. And that from country to rock goes into the love songs. So it's actually there's 10 songs on that one. And they're not just my songs. They're not just ones that I wrote myself or just co-wrote with someone I'd known in the last few years of, of being a songwriter, but that he wrote or or we wrote together or that we produced together or reimagined together in some way. And this one is so it's very personal. Everybody goes how do you write those personal ones and then just put them out? That's really crazy. And I'm like, how do you not do that? <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know how to not do that. I guess right. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said it on love and war stage, but and there's something about that place too. You can't lie to nobody there. <laughs> and even in, even in like just trying to pull, you know, play it off like you're not about to cry. You're going to cry. If you feel like you're going to cry, you've been up there a hundred times too. I've been watching you in that contest or in anywhere that we play. If we're going to cry, it's going to be ugly. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're ugly criers. <laughs> Especially if her and I are sitting together, I'm like, Shelby, here we go. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just something about the whole honesty of it is, I think, that's what my whole heart is into, is just really just telling 
what's whatever story it is if it's just by that song or if it's by the whole album just telling that story and being honest about it it's not always pretty and it's not always happy right and it ain't always sad either but it's the truth yeah the truth just the truth that's what i really that's what i'm interested in the most and and with what we do is i feel like that's the only way that we can really portray what people don't know about you right that I have a song called You Don't Know Me Like I Do. And that's what that whole song encompasses to me is that everybody kind of has an idea about who you are and what kind of music you do or who you might be if they've seen you and not met you and you've not had an opportunity to present yourself to them as a human being and 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 to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always hated that because people will leave that that just small moment that you have with them. Right. And even if they don't mean to, you know, not every, not every, every interaction. I don't always feel like it's malicious, obviously, but I don't always feel like it's just like somebody's going to just fabricate and make up some crap, Mm -hmm. you know, but I always feel like you just, it's a missed opportunity that you didn't get to just really dig into who that person is. So you take the time and just do it on stage. Well, I, I think that's the only way that I I feel like I can still tell my side, right? You know, like either on stage or through the songs that you write or how you present them. It's just, I, I mean, I went I went to Nashville one time, and the writers up there obviously have so much more experience with what they do in the industry than I do. But I sang a song that was so directly personal to me about myself and my daughter and my mom and and they're like how did you do that and I was like what you know they had great <laughs> songs they had great songs and I was just in this one song lineup you know at, at the Commodore mm-hmm. and they're like but you just sang a song that was so directly personal to you but it still resonated with everybody out here who doesn't have a daughter who isn't a female who isn't you know they're not a they're not thinking and feeling everything that you said in that song, but you still found a way for that to generally touch yeah. everybody. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I did anything. <laughs> I just sang my song to you, you know, I'm just yeah. up here. I'm yeah. just, you know, it was, right? it was so, it was so eye opening to you. I said, that's the only way I know how to do it. I said, really, that's the only way I've ever seen anybody who I play around at home in Texas do it. It's always raw and it's always honest. And they're like, well, we can't do it like that. I said, (laughs) yes, you can. Because I know if we're doing it, why can't anybody else do that? Oh, we have to write in these little, they got to be this way and that way. And that's kind of, Dustin has more experience on songwriting and and techniques and technicalities and things like that than I do, especially by genre, because he butts heads with me all the time. But (laughs) that's not a blues song anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way I want it to sound. But you're taking it back to like, (laughs) you know, that story, you know, like you were saying, like the 90s music and the Garth and the George and the Reba and the Martina and Faith and all that, like they told stories with their music. And I feel like, you know, country nowadays is not, it's going toward like the same five words and 
and the whole song and, and you know taking away yeah, that storyteller uh, aspect what do they call that it's like the that little golden zone of whatever chord progressions and stuff is really hitting the airwaves that way mm-hmm. that everybody wants to buy it and hear it and then the content remains very similar I get so bored with it though yeah. I can't handle it I mean it's, it makes I it hard can't. to it, first of all in my opinion it makes it hard for artists you know particularly Nashville artists because I feel like that's you know what they want they want you to sing the songs that are going to make the money in Nashville right and so you know these artists end up get stuck in a little box of you know especially if you think about you know particularly you know the newer male artists out there they all Mm kind of sing the same songs but like they all look a little different but they pretty much have the same style and Mm -hmm. like they their music sounds the same and it's just not that there's anything wrong with that but it's takes away an artist's uniqueness and takes away that art of storytelling, which yeah. is so unfortunate because I feel like country music of all music has always been more about storytelling. About story. Yeah, they, I think that's what everybody's missing across the board is that the depth in what's really being said. Like, if I'm an artist, if I want to call myself an artist, I feel like I shouldn't say something unless I had something to say. Right. I mean, if you're just saying the same thing everybody else is saying, then you're just an echo. Right. Like, yeah, I, I want to say something that's going to break through that. And, and I'm not, I, the, the thing is the way that I write, I'm not sitting around going, okay, let's think about a message. Let's find a song. Let's yeah. think of an idea. Let's write that. No, it's just, think, it's the way that I feel most Natural of the time. Natural comes now, from it, the heart. It, I'm going to wait for it to happen. Yeah. And and sometimes you can't just wait on them. Sometimes you have a little idea and you'll work on them, work on them. But some of them just will come to you because you've been feeling that way for so long. Then everything will line up. I wrote one. I don't know if it's the best song that I've ever written, but I got high compliments from this one over here <laughs> about it. But he was like... That, that's really good. Like, it's really good. And it was one of those that just poured out of you. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> just to do it. And then you can't put it down because it's so, it's like, yeah, consumes how you. did yeah. it line up so well? But that one, the last one that I wrote like that, I just went, you know, I've been trying to say that my whole life, though. I've been trying to say what I said in that song and those few minutes my entire life. I felt that way. But just one day. It hit. And I was like, dang, if that could happen a lot more often, <laughs> you know, we'd be on good track. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess then it would be a lot easier and everybody would do it. Yeah. Everybody would do what we're trying to do, too. Well, you know, something that is, which, you know, it's it's probably obviously your songwriting, but you're vocally, you know, I mean, the, the one time I had seen you at Love and War, I was like, who is this? Per- oh, my God. Like, <laughs> your voice is so powerful, but so like raw and so beautiful. Like, it's, it's very unique. And I feel like your vocal style definitely helps bring those songs to life too because your Thank voice you. is just beautiful and raw and like you the feel dynamic the emotion. Of it too. You feel the emotion and you, you know, when you, you know, you bring people in and you go soft and then you have this insane power that you just get, kill everyone <laughs> with. Like, <laughs> like, well, and the, and the funny thing is that to me with that, like from my perspective of it, 
I didn't, I didn't know how to do that always. And I didn't, I didn't always sing well. I just always sang. Like my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, that's all I did. Like that's, that's all I would do. Just music was just such a part of me. He did music. He's my hero. And so I'm like, I'm gonna be like dad and I'm gonna have a band and I'm gonna play guitar and I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna write songs. And I had to figure it out in my own hard headed little way because I was in choir for like fourth and fifth grade, but, and not that I didn't like sing with other people because you know, I like singing with everybody, (laughs) but singing in a way that I didn't feel comfortable was awkward for me. So I, I did choir like fourth and fifth grade and then sixth grade until I graduated, I played saxophone and I probably learned more about vocal control playing a saxophone and how to to really just have control of my airspeed and how to do a dynamic with that. I feel like it just my lung strength came right. through those years. Mm-hmm. But I didn't start playing a guitar or really writing other than poetry until I was in my 20s. And so I just I, I think I had a, I had my own process that took it took more than 30 years of my life. And everybody goes, how do you do that? How do you sing like that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just always did it. Like, I I don't know. But I really feel like I started to find, I was, I was a teenager and I would sing at the Garland Opry. I grew up in Garland and my dad would say, okay, quit trying to sing like Reba does. You sing it like you do sing it like Aubrey does. And I, okay, that, that stuck with me. I had that little nugget. Okay, dad, I'm gonna take that. And he'd go see what I could do with it. And he wouldn't press me too hard. And then after a while, I was like, all right, I kind of feel like I sing in my own little way, make it my own. And then I was more apt to writing my own music after that, when I felt like I was comfortable to, to not just copy a style, yeah. but use and understand what the influence of that was. And then I just got real loud, you know, <laughs> I did I mean, I just like, I let's try this. Yeah. So there Use was a that lot saxophone of, power. There was a lot of people that they would say, we love to come see you play and we love your band and everything. But after a while, we feel like you're just yelling at us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm up here trying to figure myself out, you know, and I did, it was with me. Yeah. I said, it's, it's a process to learn, you know, where, where you are vocally and how to get better with that and you're only going to learn from your mistakes that's how I, I mean most people that's the way I learned most of my life so um I figured out at that point okay I can go take some vocal lessons but I lost my dad so he was the only one I trusted with any of that stuff and and I went I happened to at that time go into a studio with him and I was actually I was recording a Scotty Thurman song with him and he was behind the control booth, you know, and he and I, for the first time, I was in a in a booth by myself and he's across the room and, you know, f- total full on studio. I'm in a you know dead room booth and he's over here behind the glass. And so he goes, OK, um, let's try that line again. He was like, why don't you just tell me the line? Won't you talk to me? I feel like you're talking at me. Mm-hmm. talk to me and that was kind of like the first time since I started to figure out where I could go to go okay now I need to figure dynamics out right. and so really that was that was only within the last 
I don't know, maybe six or seven years. So I've been doing music for a long time, but it wasn't until that point that dynamic really made sense to me. I didn't understand harmony for most of my life. I sang forever, not until I was a senior in high school. I had one of my best friends. She sang all the time. She was like, I sing in choir and I do this and I, I know I love harmony. So you just sing and I'm going to sing with you. And I kept going, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. How do you do harmony? I don't know. And she was like, I don't know. She just tried to sing like just a little bit above or a little bit below. And she was like, I don't know all the, I mean, I could teach you like piano stuff and like what these are and fifths and thirds and all these things. But she's like, I really just rode around in the car all the time with the radio up, even if it was a commercial, and I tried to sing a little over the top or a little bit below. I mean, I'm like 18 years old, and so I didn't really get it. But over years and years of listening to people do it, and I started to listen to myself. Oh, that's how you get over that. That's how you get under that. That's what that actual structure is, because I didn't know the the theory of the music. Right. I did, I, you know, I took, mar- I was in marching band, but I, I also showed cattle and FFA and I didn't have time to take theory <laughs> classes and all that other stuff. So I, well, I can attest so that um, Aubrey Lynn knows her stuff <laughs> in the harmony department now. I love singing with her because um, she does it so effortlessly. Like, it's always like, I'll start getting a little like into my head voice and she'll immediately click it and go under me. Like, you know, it's just like a wave of harmonies. Well, I, I, started, I love it. Whenever I started to understand how to use my ears, I didn't know I was doing it. And then when I knew I was doing it, I went, oh, that's what it is. I didn't even really know what I sounded like vocally until I was mixed well in a studio. Yeah. And Dustin did that for me in that same setting where he's going, don't talk at me talk to me and so it was kind of just everything went boom 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 all the stuff clicked Whoa. for you i yeah. get it now i get it and so like i i everybody who doesn't know the two of us together and and how we work together they'll go oh you're saying that because you're married or whatever no like he really took me from this just i would everybody would say i had a canon They're like you have yes. this canon of a voice but he took that And he made me just open my eyes to go, okay, that's what you can, that's where you can go. Now let's get there, but let's not show everybody how to get there all the time. You know, let's let's build the dynamic. And then when we worked harmonies in the studios and, and harmonizing my own records and stuff. And so now it's more just what the feel is so i don't even know a lot of songs that i'll harmonize with i don't know all the words to every shelby song and i apologize i don't i want to (laughs) but but you know what i do know about them is i know how you feel when you're singing them because i can sit next to you and i can feel it coming from you and listening to you and then i feel that harmony coming in i know you're about to slip into that head voice and everybody goes how do you know that when you don't know the words and i'm like i'll watch everybody's mouth (laughs) it sounds real gross (laughs) but i'm over here watching girl can i watch your mouth (laughs) let me look at them lips (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what she's about to say but i can anticipate it just a little bit because look at her lip (laughs) oh my god that is hilarious we want to hear what you're talking about we want you to sing us a song um we want you to do an original first but I mean, there's so many to choose from. I don't know which one you're going to choose. There is a lot to choose from. I think um, 
we're going to go with the first song that's on the new record. It's called Drawing Hearts in the Texas Sky. Because it's not a big old sad, sappy one. <laughs> but it is, it's fun. It's dynamic. And it is, it's one of those story songs that I think everybody's been missing out on. And this is one that he wrote. And it's called Drawing Hearts. summer wind has got me thinking about you lately Riding around in your ragged out four-wheel drive Sometime long before the past became our history We made love one night doing 90 down 75 And we gave it all to the night Drawing hearts in the Texas sky in the Texas sky Well I spend most of my nights Looking for you in somebody else's eyes Do you know what that's like? You can't run, you can't hide Every time the wind blows on what's on your mind Underneath the moonlight Drawing hearts in the Texas sky in the Texas sky Well, I heard you moved down near the Georgia shoreline You always said you'd leave this place behind But when that ocean ain't your style Just come on back, babe Cause I can light you up like the 4th of July And we'll give it all back to the night here in Texas, where I spend most of my nights looking for you in somebody else's eyes. Do you know what that's like? You can't run, you can't hide. Every time the wind blows on what's on your mind, underneath the moonlight, drawing hearts in the Texas sky. In the Texas sky. Spend most of my nights looking for you in somebody else's eyes. Do you know what that's like? You can't run, you can't hide. Every time the wind blows, someone's on your mind. Underneath the moonlight, drawing hearts in the Texas sky. Every time the wind blows, someone's on your mind. We're doing 90 down 75. Every time the wind blows your what's on my mind Here in Texas, doing 90 down 75 That was awesome That is such a good song (laughs) Yes, that is amazing Thank y'all Y'all need to check that out, it's on iTunes and all that right now Aubrey Lynn, that's the Chameleon My Face Turns Red album That's the first song that you'll hear Actually, it's the second song you'll hear in there Because there's an intro track and that'll be the, it's the first full song that comes up after the intro. 
Well, yeah. That's so Drawing good. Hearts. Thank y'all. That's a and beautiful song. And I love song. the little... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's catchy. So that's something that... It was new to me doing something like that. He's He plays everything. He plays all the instruments, but... If you've ever seen this guy play drums, holy crap, he's a great drummer. <laughs> and Talk he's about so, trades over here. He's like his syncopation and the way that he plays guitar. I've seen other guitar players come up to him and go, I saw what you were doing right there. You're basically playing drums on that guitar. I know what you're doing. Like all your <laughs> rhythms that you're doing are like yeah. drum things. <laughs> and so he builds when we do a track, like we'll scratch it out like everybody does. You'll have the acoustic to it or whatever. But First thing he goes in from the bottom up, we start on the drums and he builds that song around the drum part he wrote for it. Yeah. And so he's playing that. <laughs> That's so if you cool. See the it drums, works really like, well. When he's playing the drums on that song, it's just like so yeah. perfectly done. I'm like, wow. I guess you don't think about those things when you're not the one that's tracking everything and right. he does right. like every little part has, it's such an arrangement he's he's brilliant this guy he's so brilliant I'm so proud of him he's awesome he's so big and strong and I love him so much <laughs> <laughs> I feel like are you in trouble because you know, I'm like I'm so much pain I, I don't know I might be <laughs> well I, I mean can't leave without talking about the badass that you are like Aubrey Lynn was a sergeant in the Marines uh, she's got six babies running around like and you never stop you know living your dream and living that out and you're I mean I don't want to sound like a fangirl but you're so inspiring your story <laughs> is so inspiring and um, I know you got to travel you know internationally and sing with the Marines and all of that how was that Oh, God. Uh, you know what? I was uh, actually right before we left the house, I'd just gotten reminded of the the farthest I'd been in the world. I, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan for two years. That was my first duty station. And it was hard to get through those two years because I'm such a I love being here. I love Texas. And I love I'm such a patriot. I love to be home and and I love my country and and going over to a foreign land was cool for about three months and you're like yeah. okay i did everything i could do i want to go home now but she had to be there you know and i just i found a way to bring what i was doing at home and what i was missing from home other than family and friends like just to dive into music over there i found this whole group of texas marines and we started up a band over there and we were all writing songs and i actually like one of one of my um like one of one of the marines that was in charge of me when i was over there they heard me sing a little in the barracks or something and they're like hey, we want you to sing the national anthem at this retirement ceremony for this other Marine or this change of command or the Marine Corps birthday ball or any kind of formal ceremony that they were doing. So I just eventually in those two years, I picked up an extra billet on just being a Marine that did my MOS over there. I was in supply accounting, but all of a sudden I was the national anthem singer for all of the island of Okinawa, Japan and the Marine Corps over oh, there. crazy. It was so cool that I got to just add that little feather in my cap, not just to be a Marine and, and to be stationed in Okinawa, which was awesome. And I, I love the culture and I love all of the Okinawan people that I got to work with over there. Just amazing people. And 
to be the national anthem go-to, you know, that the Marine Corps said, hey, where's that chick that does the anthem? Like, where's that little girl with the freckles and stuff? That Texas girl, we want her, you know? And so I was like, you know, to to be able to sing the national anthem anywhere still is just the most fulfilling thing for my little red, white, and blue heart. Yeah. You know, to if, if I'm singing and performing and I don't care in what setting it is, if I happen to see somebody in the room who has that same little flag flying in their heart that I do, and I see a little welled up eye or a tear coming, I'll go, oh, God. <laughs> Here it comes. Don't ugly cry. Ugly cry. <laughs> I have to close them real tight because I've got to get through it. And I want it to be powerful. I want it just to be what our, our nation's anthem is. But it's still just it. It's, it means so much to me to perform that song to people who love our country. And and just especially with what's going on right now, dang it, if anybody needs the national anthem, somebody call me because I'm ready to go. Yay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Heck yes. I'm ready to go. But we... we uh, I, we were we were watching something in the camp that I was stationed on was Camp Smedley D. Butler and General Butler was one of the most revered Marines that I'd learned military history about when I was in boot camp. And I was stationed on the base that was named after him while I was over there. And so being abroad and being an American and experiencing that part of the world and the culture of the people that you live around and work around they loved us in such a way that you didn't expect there were you know we had um civilian contracted people that worked with us that were not american or or they were from the philippines and maybe married to somebody who was in the air force but they worked on the marine corps bases with us or something like that there was a big network of different diverse people that worked with you that were not in the marine corps and they were like hey my husband has a band. They play classic American rock, but they speak Japanese and they don't speak a lick of English, but they need a singer. And I'm like, okay. So I've been singing the anthem and now I'm going to go meet these guys. I had a little Okinawan national band that played classic American rock for a year and a half while I was over there. And I was the singer. And so we sang everything classic American rock you can think of because I grew up on it. And it was part of my eclectic listening, you know, things that I was influenced by coming up with what my dad listened to. And I was like, I can totally do this. I have a band now. We're not playing my own stuff, but I was just kind of getting, you know, into playing a guitar and stuff. So I, I was there for a little while. I went to Korea. Then I was stationed over in Pendleton in California. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I only did four years active and then I was four years of inactive individual ready reserve is what it's called. So an eight year contract, but I'd hurt, I'd hurt my knee when I was in, I'd hurt my neck when I was in. And then I had like my appendix taken out. I had my wisdom teeth yanked out. I had a whole bunch of things happen while I was in just physically to me. And I didn't, I did not have to go to a combat zone, but I lost my dad along those four years. And so I, I think had dad 
not passed away. I may have stayed in. I may have done a lot because I loved it. I loved to be a Marine. I picked up the rank of Sergeant in three years and it wasn't meritorious. Like oh, I just busted my butt. Yeah. Stayed out of trouble, did all my stuff that I was supposed to do, shot well, you know, ran my PFTs good and all these things. Like it just was a good Marine and I was so proud of that. And then it was unheard of for, especially in my job, to pick that up in less than four years. And I did it in three. And I was like, oh, I could probably get so far if I stayed a yeah. little bit longer. But then I was like, I really want to do music and I want to have babies and I want to go home and I'm just going to have to move all the time. And so, and I had lost my dad. So I was like, I think I'm just going to go home. And that's that experience though. It just gives you such a worldly view of the kind of people that you can touch and that know how you feel in music because I did, I couldn't speak to my Okinawan bandmates a little bit. Like I, I knew enough Japanese where I could get around in a taxi cab. You know, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't speak fluently, but I couldn't really communicate with them, but I could you whenever we music. would go up there and play our shows. That's beautiful. So that's, it was just such a cool way to at least incorporate that part of who I am and where I came from to people who are across the whole world from me and still be able to look each other eye to eye and know what was going on in yeah. here. So I loved it. I loved it so much. I'm so proud of it. Thank you so much for your service and how amazing that you had it's such a, such cool, a story. cool story, like such a mm-hmm. cool experience. You know, you busted your ass and especially <laughs> as a female, like, you know what I mean? Like beating all the boys and you're getting to, you know, experience new cultures and, and I guess bond and transcend with music. And that's amazing. I think, I think once I, I think the whole Marine thing, when I realized I couldn't beat the boys, (laughs) but I could be one of them. Yeah. That's where I I think I excelled in that. And I, and I feel the same way with music. So it's something that just stuck with me also there was that there's always, we're always pitted against one another. Are we not male and female? And even female, we're always pitted. Oh, let's see if they'll be ugly to one another and put them together. Like, no, <laughs> it's so stupid to me. It's so stupid. It's just like everything. Whenever you try to divide anything, it's ridiculous to me. We all love music. Let's do it together. That was the same, like the same idea of like, we were all Marines. And they kind of instilled in me that no matter where, what job you were doing, all of the men were doing the same physical, what our fundamental jobs were as Marines, the physical part of it, that was all the same. We weren't any other color than anybody else's skin. We were all green right. and like that, like everybody was green and nobody was a girl or a guy. We were all Marines. So mean green Marines, that's all we knew how to be. <laughs> and so like I kind of took that also just held that with myself to music and i started to see that whole divide of like oh the guys are getting so much radio play and all this crap and i'm like who cares <laughs> like let's just do the same things that they're doing you yeah. know and that's what I, I started asking a lot of questions so why is it that the guys are getting some more airtime or stage time or gigs or whatever and the guys started telling me because they do it together they collaborate I said, all right, let's start collaborating then, ladies. Let's, and let's it, not yeah. just collaborate with each other as girls. I wasn't trying to build a, 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 a girl, girl army. army. A girl, <laughs> band, yeah. a girl <laughs> army, but 
I was also just trying to give it, you know, get insight from the other girls around like, what are we lacking that the boy, the good old boys have going on to where we were confident enough to start saying, I'm a co-write with him. I'm going to make, yeah. I'm going to make waves enough and then eventually they're going to come to me. And that started happening, has happened for her, has happened for me. Uh, to be able to sit down with this male artist, I never thought I'd be able to. And and take all personal things aside. Then you ended up marrying one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> but to, take all, to take all personal things aside and have him look at my music and what I've written and ideas I've had and respect and appreciate them speaks volumes to the little girl songwriter in my heart. Yeah. So I think it's, it's something that it transcends from anything that I was ever doing to just see everything on the same plane. Yeah. And I can be as good as that as anybody else can, no matter what the circumstance was. So I think carrying that forward into what I did with music or being a mother or, homeschooling the kids yeah. and I don't know how to be a teacher, you know, and just, just everyday life. I think I learned that from growing up with very tough women in my life, they, you know, you ask them, how do you do this? How do you do that? And, and, and keep yourself together. And I'm like, well, my mom just said, you just do it. Mm-hmm. You just do it. How do you do all that with all those kids? Or how do you do all that when it's hard and you're a girl, you just do it. Uh, I, I think the only thing that I could ever say to anybody who had any struggle with anything and they can understand that was don't just lay there whenever you fall on your face get back up. And that's all I've ever tried to do, too. I mean, I've broken my damn leg in the middle of all of it. <laughs> I've had all these babies. Like Personal life gets turned upside down and then you go build a house, go through a pandemic, have a studio, go in, put out a record, come over here and visit with y'all, get a babysitter before. And like, <laughs> you just do it. You know, you just yeah. keep, you keep, keep, your keep life getting back up. Do it. You know? Which is great, a great outlook to have because, you know, it is, Shelby and I talk about all the time how the industry is very male dominated and trying to be a woman in the industry and get your foot in the door is harder. And then, like you said earlier, they pit you against one another or mm-hmm. like there's that whole thing where like, oh, if you're 30, like you're washed up. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like they're like, yeah. oh, it's time for the new blood, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And it should never have to be like that because there are plenty of male artists who make it when they're like 40. Like, oh, you know, yeah. and so I think the thing that, like, I guess, industry wise that changed my mind on because I, I did view that. I wasn't naive to the fact that, of course, the older you get, the less chances you're going to have success on a large scale with music. But the voice came out and that platform just kind of went, hello, everybody's good. And you don't have to get in at 19, 20, 21 years old to be able to have that 30-year career because they're still great at that point. So there's people that have been great a long time, and then maybe your opportunities weren't ever there for you until a certain point in your life. I think if you just keep doing it because you love doing it, eventually... Hopefully, the the opportunity presents itself to where you can take that part of your career to whatever level you wanted it to be at. I'm in the business of taking care of my family and making money. Sure, like everybody is. 
but I still wanted to always be able to be in control of what I was doing as far as an artist right. and what I was putting out. Now, I will song and dance for somebody if I need to, <laughs> to a certain point, you know, I, I'm, I'm, to, to the point where my morals say that's what we're going to do. But I still think that everybody has a chance to do what they love doing. And if you just can't stop doing it, eventually somebody's going to hear you. Right. And, right. and, and it'll, it'll work in a way that your lifestyle permits it to. And so having a lot of kids or working around the schedules of that or having another job or whatever it is that we're doing, all of us, I think that we're all starting to find our way with it. And, and there's so many people who have always been here Everybody says, oh, the market's so saturated with all these musicians now. And I'm like, the musicians have always been here. Yeah, right. A lot of the time, because there wasn't a platform for us to all go to and try to, to, to get to, most of those people turned into just be the songwriters. Mm-hmm. And so that's the heart of all of it, is being that songwriter. And I think just sticking with that has kept me in the place that I needed to be with music. Yeah. Well, so. and I mean, that is an avenue for a lot of people, too. I mean, a lot of the musicians, you know, had publishing deals and that's how they, you know, finally got their I would name love out there. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think you deserve one. <laughs> we would love one. We talk about that a lot. We're like, you know, we did, just that one person to hear that one song and cut that one track opens so many other avenues for you. And dang it, wouldn't it be cool to just get an ear on something you've written and somebody go, I hear you. I love that. I feel that, you know, so Garth. Garth, yeah. yeah. Garth. Hopefully Garth, Garth, if you're out there. If you're listening, yeah. Garth. We've got some tunes, man. Well, it's been amazing talking to you, Aubrey. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. And you, my girl. You, my girl, um, too. Just, thank you all for inviting me. This yeah, been thank you so much. It's been amazing to hear your story and just kind of your outlook on music and life is very inspiring. So Thank you all. I, I, I love what y'all are doing here. And this is really, I'm going to, I need to check out some episodes. We were trying to look y'all up. I wasn't sure of the format either. So I didn't know if we were like live feed on Facebook or how it was going across. But I'm, I'm very impressed to see that y'all are doing it in such a pro way. Hey, I, mean, I, hey, I, like I sat down and I've done <laughs> some podcasts before that were like, winging it and just like let's <laughs> go on and we're just kind of chit-chatty but y'all I, y'all have really taken a podcast format and and everybody that I watch on podcasts now on YouTube or wherever they are that's how they're doing it. So yeah. y'all, y'all are nailing it right hey, now. Thanks, yeah. love. Thank awesome. you. Hey, before you leave, we wanna, uh, we want you to sing one more song for us, and um, we want you to tell everybody where, like, your social media and yeah, where can all we find your stuff. music? Where can we find you on social media? All that. So Facebook and Twitter and all the social media outlets. If you just look up Aubrey Lynn Music after the Facebook.com slash, you know, Aubrey Lynn Music is is the way on Twitter. It's like. Uh, I think you can look it up by Aubrey Lynn Music, but I think my Twitter handle is at TXSongbird27. And on YouTube, I have just Aubrey Lynn Music. If you look up that page and have a whole bunch of content on there, a whole bunch of music on there. And then on iTunes and Amazon, you can right now, you can go and check out and download 
Chameleon, my face turns red. So if you just look up Aubrey Lynn, Chameleon, my face turns red. If there's another one out there, I would be shocked because that's a <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> I know there's another artist that has a similar name, spells a different way, but she doesn't have a Chameleon series out. So. Right. And, it's, <laughs> and so it's A-U-B-R-E-Y-L-Y-N-N. That's it. I uh, I do play a little guitar, but I don't play very often because I got the good guitar player with me. Yeah, so why? Why? Why if you don't have to, right? <laughs> and this is this is my guitar also. So I have like a boob issue. Oh, it's <laughs> like, not the worst. No matter what kind of guitar it is, if boob don't sit right, it's weird. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna play. We're gonna do a cover for you. This is a Graham Parsons song. My friend Rocky Bailey, he uh, he said, I want you to learn how to play this Graham Parsons song. It's called She. Well, I listened to Graham's version of it. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do that song. I love the song. I don't know how I'm going to do that song. And then uh, Nora Jones did a cover of it. And I listened to her version of it, of course, on piano. And I don't play piano. So I was like, okay, I think I figured this out on guitar. And eventually I did. And then everybody goes, did you write that one? And I went, yeah, that's when I, I knew that. that. <laughs> that's when I knew, you knew that I figured it. out how to make it my own. So this is she. Never knew 
what a life had to give her She never had to think about it for one single day song before um but it may be my new favorite song like i don't even at least your version is <laughs> that was beautiful you're so amazing y'all have to go check out um, i'm like tearing up i had to like small corners i was like oh don't do that that's that's silly let's not <laughs> i think he is too <laughs> like all really in it. we're literally y'all we're crying in here <laughs> we're just little babies in here <laughs> but if that didn't show that range and power and dynamics i don't know what the hell does so <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all so much well thank you again uh we had so much fun for you joining strum and pick today we did we love you so much um 
your your story is so inspiring and it's just I know the first time I ever met you I was so intimidated to talk to you because you were just so good and I was like she'd never want to be my friend but now it's like (laughs) now I I brag about I'm like oh Aubrey Lynn yeah we're besties like (laughs) I have have her phone number okay yeah (laughs) I'm told you remember I told you if I and I'm crazy to even think about if I ever had another baby but if I ever did I wouldn't care if it was male or female but Shelby is the name hey Ooh. I'm telling you, it's been the name. It's been the name since I've seen Steel Magnolias. Oh, okay. That's oh, right. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I always wanted a Shelby, and oh. I love Shelby Mustangs, and he's a Well, Mustang I'm just going to pretend that it's because of me. It's because of you? Well, <laughs> you, there's a, I, th- I felt like whenever I met you, I felt like, oh, that's the re- there's a reason that I know a Shelby now, because I, that's I love. That's the Shelby. If I have a Shelby that's a girl, I would always want Shelby this one, and the heart she's got to be something Aww. that my girl had. Thanks, she Aubrey. says you are the most genuine sweetheart I've I've met in a very long time in music. And so it's, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to see some beautiful faces and to get get out of the house for a little while. So thank y'all, ladies. I appreciate this so much. Up. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we leave, we always want to thank our sponsors right now. Tipsy Chicken is our sponsor. Yeah. Um, Aubrey can attest to the food. It's um, awesome. Um, it's 6310 Highway 78, Saxe, Texas. Mondays and Wednesdays are 50 Hi, cent wings. <laughs> hey, what's up, Adam? Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are pool tournaments. There's DJs on the weekends. Um, nice. But thank you so much to Adam and everybody at Tipsy. And if you want to sponsor us, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And we can we can push your venue. Uh, we really strive to look at live music venues and people who support little the little old people like us. So shoot us an email, strawmanpickpodcast at gmail.com. But we want to thank Aubrey Lynn for coming in. So thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to us. Um, we appreciate everything. Uh, shoot us a line. You can find us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, at, at Strum and Pick, uh, Facebook as well. Um, so go ahead. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for our guests. And we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.